0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I want to preach to you a message today that has been stewing in my heart for, for weeks. Um, I came across, I've been just working my way through the Old Testament, I've been working my way through the book of Genesis and. Uh, weeks ago, I got to the end of Genesis, well, the middle-ish end, the middle-ish end, the last two-thirds of Genesis, and a scripture just stood out to me, and I knew right away when I read it that I had to, I had to preach that, that verse this morning, the first Sunday when we gathered together, because I believe, I believe that this verse we're going to look at, I believe that it's something that God is saying for us today. I believe that it's something that God is saying for you today, that it's, that it's not some... Ethereal message that God is saying to the body of Christ. I believe that there are people here in this room, there are people here that were at the first service that God is saying this to you today. Alright, so I don't want you to leave, and I don't want you to leave and say, well, that was for my parents, that was for my husband, that was for my wife, that was for my child, that was for the person at the end of the row. I want you to leave this morning realizing that God is saying this to you today. And I want you to think about it in this context, that if you were the only person in this room today, and I was the only preacher in this room today, I would still be preaching this message to you, saying that God is saying this to you, that this is for you today. So just pretend that everybody else is gone, that it's just you and me here, and it's the Spirit of God speaking through me to you today for this year coming up. Amen? Amen. Genesis chapter 37 is where we're going to start at. And like I said, this scripture has been stewing in me for a long time. And who's ever made a stew before? Well, the longer you leave something in a crock pot Jordan can correct me if he's wrong, because Jordan is a chef. My chefing expertise goes to macaroni. That's as far as I go. But I think if you leave something in a crock pot for too long, just, it just all kind of blends together. Is that right, Jordan? Thumbs up from the chef. And so you're going to have to give me some leeway as I try to make my way through this, because I, am, I feel very passionate about what I'm going to share with you today. And I feel like I said, like it really is something for you today, each and every one of you. And so it's been stewing in my heart for a long time. So it may kind of blend together with other verses and other thoughts. But as we prayed at the beginning, allow the spirit of God to speak to you. Don't just look at me when I'm up here talking, but allow the spirit of God to speak through me to you today so that you hear what it is he's trying to say to you today. Does that make sense? Genesis chapter 37, I love the book of Genesis, it's the beginning of everything for us, and I realized this, this past little while, that the beginning of Genesis, first couple chapters, first three-ish, is about the creation, then we move into the flood, because there's the fall, after the flood, we move to the Tower of Babel, that's in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 12, we are introduced to a man who we now call Abraham. And God made a promise, and God made a covenant with Abraham, and the rest of the book is about that promise being fulfilled, essentially. And in Genesis chapter 12, we meet Abraham. We talk about him for about 10 chapters. We meet his son, Isaac, and we talk about him for about two chapters. And then in Genesis chapter 25, we're introduced to Jacob. And the rest of the book, the next 25 chapters of the book of Genesis, deal with Jacob, his family, his kids, and how God is working in their lives to begin the process of restoring what was stolen, what was fallen, and God bringing it back to his full, complete plan. And so in Genesis chapter 37, we pick up, uh, Jacob is an older man at this point. He's got a bunch of kids, he's got a bunch of sons, and he has what is called his favorite son, who is named Joseph. Joseph in his amazing technicolor coat. Joseph's brothers didn't like him much at all, and that's because Joseph kept having dreams that God was giving him, and he would tell these dreams to his siblings, and basically his his dream was, you're all going to bow down before me. And no, no older sibling wants to hear their younger sibling, like, guess what, Matt? I had a crazy dream last night. I dreamt that, like, you bowed down to me. And they're like, shut up, man. Nobody likes you. And then he had the dream again, a different variation, but the same meaning of the dream. And He told them, this time he told his mom and his dad this dream, and they were like, dude, nobody likes you. Nobody likes your dreams. We don't like you. Go home. And so nobody in Jacob's family, like his brothers, didn't like him. And so one day, they all go off and leave Jacob at home with his dad. The rest of them go off to go take care of the sheep and they they get sent away. And Joseph is there with his dad, probably some servants and some moms. And, you know, there was lots of moms in those days, all kinds of things. We're not getting into that today. That's a whole other conversation. But in Genesis chapter 37, we're going to pick up in verse 12. And uh, this is a pivotal section of scripture. Neither one of these men that are talking to each other in this verse realize the significance of this leaving that is about to take place. Neither one of them realizes that at this moment in this conversation, In this sending away, that these two men will not see each other again for over 20 years. To them, it's just they're saying goodbye. The dad comes along. He's got some instructions for his boy. He's like, I want you to go take care of this. Go take care of it. The boy's like, okay, dad, see you later. I'll see you in a week. Be back soon. Can't wait to see you. Takes off. Neither one of them realizes the course that this conversation is about to set them on. And so in Genesis chapter 37... Verse 12 says, soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob says, to his son Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. And Joseph says, I'm ready to go. Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way. Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man in the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. He said, what are you looking for, man? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Do you know where they're pasturing the sheep? He says, yes, they've moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. This is the setting where Joseph shows up, and his brothers throw him into a well and sell him, and Joseph is gone. From this point on, he doesn't see his dad for over 20 years. It's a long time. He's about 17 years old at this point, and he doesn't see his dad until he's about 37, 8-ish. So it's a long time. And so this journey that Jacob sent Joseph on, it wasn't a journey down the street. It wasn't a journey like, hey, get in the car and drive from Chilliwack to Abbotsford. This journey, by the time he got to Dothan, it was about 75 miles. And so I don't know if you realize this, but walking 75 miles or traveling 75 miles, 2000, this was about 3000-ish years ago, 3500 years ago, was not as easy as traveling 75 miles today is. There was no car for you to jump on. There was no motorized scooter to be a cool dude on and ride your little scooter down. You had to like get on a donkey and travel through the desert. You had to pack up food. There was no McDonald's. There was no Wendy's. There was no Subway. There was no Mucho. There was no Starbucks. There was no Tim Hortons. There was nothing. You had to pack everything with you. You couldn't stop at the mall and buy new clothes if you ran out of clothes. You had to take everything with you. So at the beginning here, Jacob says to his son Joseph, get ready, and here's what it is. Is stewing in my heart I feel like the Lord is saying to you today to you and I'm looking at each one of you as I say this because I'm not looking over your heads Lydia I'm looking at you God is saying to you today get ready I'm coming over here to this section. I'm looking you in the eyes. I'm looking you in the eyes. I'm looking you in the eyes. Lord, I'm looking you in the eyes. And God is saying, get ready. He's wanting to do something in your life. It's not some ethereal thought. It's not some way off uh, uh, imaginings that God wants to do. He wants to get real and work in your life this year. Jesse, God wants you to get ready because he's about to work in your life. Now listen, if you just read this, in these two lines, Jacob says, get ready, and Joseph replies, I'm ready. If you just read that without any cognitive thinking, you would think to yourself that the two guys were just standing here having a conversation, and Joseph says, hey man, go get in your car, your electric donkey, and take off and go see your brothers. And Joseph's like, yeah, I got my keys right here. I'm ready to go. But you have to stop and think about this and realize that that's not the case. Joseph had to go and pack up all kinds of food. He had to go and get a donkey ready to go. He had to get clothes ready to go. He had to get, figure out where he was going and which way he was going to go. He had to plan all these things. And then he comes back and says, "I'm ready." We are moving into a week of prayer and fasting. And God is saying this morning at the get-go, from the very beginning, He's saying, I want to work. I want you to get ready because I'm about to do something in your life. When somebody gives you a present, I love the phrase, get ready. And I love it when, I both love it and I don't love it. When somebody's like, get ready, I'm going to give you a present. You're like, what does that mean? How am I supposed to get ready to get a present from you? Close your eyes. I don't want to close my eyes. And they take you by the hand and they lead you around and, like, come over here. I want you to sit down. I want you to sit in this chair and get ready to receive the present. What's that mean? Open your eyes and hold out your hands. And so you do that, but you're getting ready, you're preparing yourself. Listen, what you could, one way you could read this is Joseph said, or Jacob said to, jo- to Joseph, go prepare yourself for a trip. And Joseph comes back and says, I have prepared myself. As we move into this fast, we have to prepare ourselves for God to work and to move in our lives. And how do you prepare yourself? Intentionally. Who's ever gone on a trip here and had to pack a bag? Mm. When you pack a bag, how do you pack your bag? Do you pack it with purpose and intention or do you just throw everything in your house inside of a bag and bring it to the airport? Who's that person? It's okay, be honest. I know a person like that. (laughs) It's me, obviously. (laughs) Can I tell, I I won't make you look bad. I didn't make you, maybe I was talking about me. Jen is prepared for everything all the time because she brings everything everywhere with her. So whatever arises, she's got it in one of her 17 bags. <laughs> when we go on a trip, I like to get ready the night before, the day before. I'll both ends. Yeah, you start the process. You do. Jen starts the process like, it's like a long process though. She'll start it the day before and slowly put pieces here and there. Uh, when when we go on trips, I like to pack things and I prepare very intentionally. I think, I look at the weather, I look and see like where we're going and what the temperature's like, what kind of clothes I need to bring. I like sit there and think to myself, this may be weird, but I think like, what, clothes do I need to bring? And how many clothes do I need to bring? And can I wear this shirt with these pants? And can I change this pant and wear this shirt with it? So I don't have to bring like 17 shirts and 34 pairs of pants and 10 shoes. I just try and make as many outfits as I can with as few clothes as I can. I think that's just being a dude. Really, if it was just me, I'd probably just wear one pair of clothes the whole time if I could get away with it. But I plan and I'm very intentional about it. Not everybody's like that, right? Some people just throw everything they have, but then if you throw like a bunch of stuff as you're like racing around the house and you just throw stuff in there, invariably when you get to wherever you're going, what are the chances are that you're gonna have everything you need? Not so great, right? So as we move into this week of prayer and fasting, how do we prepare? When when God says, get ready, I'm about to work in your life, I wanna work in your life, get ready, get ready, I'm gonna do something in your life, I'm gonna work in your life, I'm gonna work in your mind, I'm gonna work in your body, I'm gonna work in your marriage, I'm gonna work in your job, get ready, I'm about to do something that you've been believing me for for a long time, get ready. How do we prepare ourselves? With great intentionality. What does that look like? We begin to prepare ourselves. We begin to take stock of our lives. We begin to look at our life and say, what do I need God to do in my life? Where do I need God to work in my life? What do I need God to do in my mind, in my body, in my relationships, in my job? Where do I need to trust God? What am I trusting God for? We prepare with great intentionality as opposed to just showing up and saying, God, just do whatever you want to do, man. Just You just work. Sometimes God says to you, I want to know what you're believing for me to do in your life. I want to know what your faith in me is at. What are you trusting me to do? Don't float through this week and hope that God just does something for you. Prepare yourself. Intentionally. Intentionally. Write down things in a journal or a notebook or on your phone and say, I'm believing God for this. I'm preparing for God to do this in my life. I'm preparing God to work restoration in this relationship. I'm believing God for these financial breakthroughs. I'm believing God for healing in this in my body. And you know what happens when you write something down? It gives you something to attach your faith to. When you become intentional about what you're trusting God to do in your life, it does something other than you just showing up every night this week at 7 o'clock and being like, hey, I'm just here for the ride. Don't just come for the ride. Remember that God said to you to get ready. I'm coming to work in your life. So if he's saying I'm coming to work in your life, then you get ready and you prepare. I told the people in the first service this. I want you to think about this as if Jesus himself was standing here in front of you and saying to you to get ready. I've got something for you. Here we are at the beginning of a brand new year. I've got breakthrough for you. I've got freedom for you. I've got peace for you. I've got joy for you. I've got wholeness of mind for you. I've got whatever it is you need. The Lord is saying to you today, I've got this for you. And we need to say, I'm preparing myself. I'm ready, Father, for what you want to do in my life. I am being intentional this week. I am pulling aside this week so that you are first in my life and you can have your way in my life. I'm not just a Sunday Christian. I'm not here just for some coffee or to hang out with my friends. I'm here for you to have your way in my life. You've got to intentionally prepare. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Actually, no, let's go to Luke chapter 14. We've got a few more minutes. I didn't share this scripture in the first service, but we're talking about intentionally preparing. Luke chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 14. The context of this passage of scripture is Jesus is talking about being a disciple and the cost of following him as a disciple. He says in verse 28 but don't begin until you count the cost. Don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everybody would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. This week, let us be intentional in our pursuit of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When we gather this week, Notice again I said when we gather. It's awfully quiet in this church. I want to encourage you for a second. I want to encourage you to come to prayer and fasting this week. I want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, well, I'm, I'm, this guy's talking to somebody else because I'm not coming to prayer and fasting. If you call Hope City Church your home, I want to encourage you to come to prayer and fasting this week. Listen, there's all kinds of excuses of why you have to go do other stuff. I got to go to bed. That's my dinner time. My favorite TV show is on then. That's when I have jazzercise. (laughs) Whatever. I want to encourage you to intentionally set this time this week apart. Because I want to remind you that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is saying, get ready because I've got something for you this week. So I want you to prepare yourself to receive what it is I have for you. And at times in life, it requires that we set ourselves apart and we make intentional choices and say, there is, listen, I love my jazzercise. You look like a jazzercise, dude. Big fan of jazzercise. <laughs> the guy's like, what is jazzercise? He's <laughs> talking about jazzercise. As awesome as Jazzercise is, it will not compare to God breaking through in your life and circumstances the way that He desires and wants to work. And so, when the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the supreme ruler of the universe says to you to get ready, then I say, let's get ready. Let's prepare ourselves and give Him space, and give Him room to work in your life. Listen, I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what it is you need God to do in your life. Only you know, and only He knows. And He's saying to you today, I'm here for it, and I'm here to do it. So give me some time, and give me some space, and prepare yourself so that I can show up and work and move. Let's be intentional about this week. Don't let this week just pass you by and say, prayer and fasting is for somebody else. Say, God is saying to me today to get ready, and I'm going to get ready. You know what I loved in that story with Jacob and Joseph was, Jacob says, go get ready. Joseph goes and gets ready and comes back and says, I'm ready. I've prepared myself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself right now. Make a determination in your heart right now. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're sitting here and you really really are saying, I'm not coming to prayer and fasting. I challenge you right now to prepare yourself and make a determination that you're going to show up and see what God wants to do, and see what God can do in your life. That you will put all those other things on hold, or you'll rearrange your schedule, or you'll bring your kids. Yeah, bring your kids. Don't use your kids as an excuse not to come to prayer. You bring them. You let them hoot and holler in the back. We'll all figure it out. Listen. And don't tell me my kids got to go to bed because we all know your kids stay up for whatever it is you want to do. If you want to go to, let's go to a light show. Yay! You all stay up and go, or my kids got hockey or my kids got this. We all know they stay up for certain things. They can stay up for Jesus. Yeah. The Bible says train up your child in the way that he should go. And so when he's old, he won't depart from it. Take them to the late show. Take them to hockey. Take them to jazzercise. I don't know what to do with jazzercise. I don't know why I keep saying it. And I don't know why I'm talking to you about it either. (laughs) But bring them to Jesus. Here's the thing, everyone. When the Lord says to get ready, he is saying it to everyone in every age doesn't matter how old or how young. God wants to meet with those people, and God wants to work in their life, bringing transformation and change. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We'll finish up here in a moment. You guys look like you're having about as much fun as I am. Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking, and this is, part of the Sermon on the Mount, his uh, first real message out of the gate, and he is coming in hot with a lot of truth. This is a sermon that isn't for the faint of heart. Jesus gets up and just begins to give it to people straight. And in Matthew chapter 6, there are three acts of the Christian faith that we see listed here, that Jesus just says, when you do these things, not if you do these things. And we're gonna to touch on them for just a second so that you can see them in the Bible yourself and know that these aren't things that I made up and these aren't things that other preachers made up, but they're things that Jesus Christ himself said that when you are a follower of me, when you are a lover of me and you love my Father, you will do these things. So in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking, and in verse 2, he says this: When you give, it's not if you give. It is when you give. If you follow Jesus, if you love Jesus, you will give in every area. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about you will give of yourself in every way. Why? Because you love him and you love his kingdom and you want that message to spread far and wide. You want everybody to know what you know. You want everybody to be able to receive what you received. So we give of ourselves. When you give. Here's another one. In verse number 6, but when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, he says when you pray, guess what? That means you get to pray. When you pray. You don't have an option. If you love Jesus, you're going to talk to him. If you don't talk to him, you obviously don't love him and you probably don't even like him. Because you'd talk to him if you did. <laughs> the look's on your face right now. This man has lost his mind. When you pray, if you love him, you will talk to him. What is prayer? Talking to God. And you can do it anywhere, anytime. Anytime. And there's no correct formula or pattern. There's no correct word sequence you have to use. You don't have to say it just the right way. You could just say, Oh man, what is happening right now? I need your help. Or you could say, Jesus, I sure love you. I think you're awesome. Or you could say, Father, thank you that I am alive today. It's just talking to Him. And the third thing He says here, and you're gonna love this one. Verse number 16. And when you look at your neighbor, find one say you, he's talking to you, when you, fast, fast, it's not the opposite of slow, <laughs> just in case you're wondering, Jesus doesn't want you to be fast, he wants you to be slow followers, he says, and when you fast, and that word fast, hang on now, something has happened. I don't, I don't know what it is. In the year 2024, we have loved just to fast things. Can I just be real? We've loved to fast things that are easy to fast. (laughs) I'm fasting Facebook. Cool. (laughs) I'm fasting not going to the movies. All right. I'm fasting, not buying myself clothes every day this week. Okay. That word fast literally means, here's what it means, literally, in the Greek. Abstaining from food. (laughs) Why? Because it's you removing something from you that sustains you and gives you life and causes you to rely on him. For your very existence. If you call Hope City Church your home, I want to encourage you in the strongest way possible. You need to talk to Jesus, obviously. And as long as you don't have some kind of health condition, I encourage you to fast some kind, somehow, some way, food. Whether it's for a portion of the day, a Daniel fast where you're only eating what Daniel ate when he was captured, fruits and vegetables and nuts and grains and water, I encourage you to fast food. Don't take this lightly. The King of Kings, I like calling him the supreme ruler of the universe because he is. It sounds like a very fancy title as well. He has told us to get ready. And I'm saying that we need to prepare ourselves intentionally for him working and moving in our lives. And so here it says, Jesus is talking, he says, and when you fast. So we are entering into a fast. And I encourage you, sure, if, you need, if, if social media has a hold on you, then let that thing go. You give it up. But I encourage you as well. If, if going to the movies is your thing and you cannot make it a day without going to the movies, then yeah give it up, for sure, give it up. But I encourage you as well to fast some food in your life because food is literally life to you. And it will require you to give Jesus your all and trust Him to sustain you. Last thing here is I want to tell you is as we do this, we prepare. We prepare, we get ready by preparing intentionally. And then as we fast, what we're really doing is aligning ourselves with the Lord. There could be many things in our life that we have aligned ourselves with and aligned ourselves to that are not of Him. And as we move into this fast, what we need to do is with... retreat and withdraw from those things and begin to align ourselves with him and the way we do that is by removing things from our life it's by looking into our life and saying i've I, i'm looking at my life right now and i realize that i've aligned myself with i've aligned myself with these addictions i've aligned myself with these lies i've aligned myself with these habits these ways of thinking i've aligned myself the patterns of behavior that are not healthy or righteous. And so I need to remove these things and so by prayer and fasting I'm going to remove these things out of my life and as I'm trusting in the Lord I'm aligning myself with Him. I want to end here by reading this. These three verses in Matthew chapter 16, or 6, sorry. Verse 16. It says, and when you fast don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. He says, they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. He says, I'll tell you the truth, that's the only reward they will ever get. Whoa, how terrible is that? How terrible, it, going through the whole process of fasting and your reward being that people knew you were fasting. Fasting is not, listen to me, it is not simply about self-discipline. If that was the purpose of fasting, you could achieve that any number of a thousand different ways. The purpose of fasting is to align yourself with the Father, to remove the junk from your life and to align yourself with Him so that you can clearly hear His voice. You remove the junk, you change the filters in your ears, and you align yourself with Him so you can hear Him talking to you. And so He says, that's the only reward they're going to get. But when you fast... Comb your hair. Wash your face. Then nobody will notice that you're fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. Just a little little plug. The Lord is always with you. There is no private between you and the Lord. There is no private between you and the Lord. So all the things that we think we hide... He knows about. And does He judge you for them? No, what He wants to do is He wants you to surrender those things to Him so He can bring healing and wholeness to you. Who knows what you do in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. I want to tell you what this word reward means in the Greek and we're going to finish here. This word in the Greek is apodidomy, and it means this. Pastor Jen spoke a message three weeks ago-ish, and she was talking about words for the new year. One of her words was the prefix re, R-E. And apodidomy means this. So it says, your father who sees everything, sees your fasting, sees your, sees your removing uh, the alignments of your life that are not of Him and aligning yourself with Him. He sees those things, and what He will do is He will reward you. And reward means to give away. That is, to give up, to give over, to give back, to deliver and deliver again, to give again, to repay, repayment to be made, perform, recompense, render, requite, restore, reward, sell, and yield. These are the, these are the fruits of fasting in your life. So the things when God says, get ready. The things that you need God to do in your life. The repairing and the restoring. When it says He will reward you. This is what He's talking about. He says, get ready. I'm coming to work in your life. And I'm coming to bring all that I am and all that I have to bear in your life. In your marriage. In your mind. In your body. In your soul. In every area. I'm coming to show up. So you get ready. Because here I come. Stand up with me. I'm gonna pray for us in just a second. I'm gonna turn over to Pastor Jen to lead us in a song. It always, it always strikes me as so beautiful realize God loves us so much that he's always just wanting to work to restore to repair even in the very beginning when things were broken and fell apart he begins a plan to repair and to restore and here he is this morning saying to us Amy get ready get ready I'm coming to work in your life I told the people in the first service that I I really love the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus the wee little man up in the tree and my favorite part of that story is when Jesus is passing him by and he looks up to him and says come down from that tree because today I'm going to your house get ready the Lord is coming to your house the Lord is coming to your life Intentionally prepare yourself in this week as we move into prayer and fasting. Intentionally prepare yourself. When you leave this place, ask yourself what you're fasting for, what you believe in God to work in your life, what you believe in God to do. Prepare your heart. Say to yourself, what am I fasting? What am I letting go of? What am I coming out of alignment with so that I can align myself with the King of Kings so that He can do the work in me that he wants to do. I want you, if you want to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer. A prayer of, basically what Joseph said, I'm ready. A prayer of surrender. A prayer of acceptance. A prayer of readiness for God to work and move. Let's say it that way. And if you're ready this week, if you say, I'm going to go home and think about it, but right here, right now, I know that this week, I'm ready for God to work in in my life. I don't know what I'm fasting, maybe. I don't know how I'm going to fast. I don't know what I'm going to do about this, that, and the other. But I know that I want God to work and move. If God is saying to me to get ready, then I want to get ready for God. So if that's you, I want you to repeat this after me. Father, I'm ready. I'm preparing myself. I'm being intentional about this week, about the steps I take so that you are able to work and to move in my life. And right now, God, I ask you to point out areas in my life where I have aligned myself, where I have come in agreement with lies of the enemy, with patterns, habits, mindsets, attitudes, behaviors, addictions. I remove those things from my life. And I begin to align myself with you. Have your way in every area. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.